Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. On today's podcast, uh, we dig into some serious topics, and I know this is a time that uh, we've really been affected by everything going on in our country. It's It's been um, difficult to deal with. There's a lot of things to sort out. Uh, there's a lot of insight we're looking to get from other people, and I think the best thing we can do is talk about that and um, talk about people who uh, have experienced some things through their careers or in um, their particular fields, and so we're going to have a series of those conversations. And joining me today is former head football coach uh, from Camp McKinley High School, Warren G. Harding High School. Uh, he's been around Ohio here. He is in the Ohio High School Hall of Fame and a repeat performer here on the podcast, Coach Tom McDaniels. Coach, it's great to have you here. It's great to be with you again, Keith. So, Coach, uh, something that got my attention the other day, and I've been reading a lot and, and trying to get perspective on things. And, um, you know, for me, it's something we talked about before we hit record here. I, I've just been, you know, kind of pumping the brakes here and trying to not make any kind of um, emotional uh, decisions about anything, trying to really see everything going on and, and understand, you know, what really got us here and maybe where we go from here. Because I think more important than anything is not just to understand what got us here, but to understand where we're going. And you posted something that uh, I thought was great, and uh, I'm going to read it right here. In diverse towns and cities, kids came from different neighborhoods, different grade and middle schools, different faiths, different economic statuses, different races, differing politics, and broken and unbroken homes. The many and varied became one. We call it a high school football team. It didn't happen overnight, but it happened. The me became we. They gave up some of themselves to be a part of something greater than themselves. They made sacrifices and were inconvenienced. They competed against each other in order to play football for each other. Thanks, high school football. Uh, I think, Coach, what what you wrote right there uh, explained it better than anything and what we do and and our opportunity as coaches to make a difference in this world. And I know, by and large, that's what our football coach community is really wants to do. They want to be able to take what is a very tough time right now, pull people together like they they always have, um, but maybe uh, reach out from here, take it outside of their their little programs, their little communities they've created, and, and try to make something better in the world that helps us get through this time. And I think that description of, of what you said there, of what high school football is, really encapsulates everything we do as coaches, especially those coaches who have the opportunity to work in diverse communities. I, I, I would agree with that. And uh, um, I, I was adding up the years, you know, the 40 years that I coach, uh, I coach high school football. Um, I believe that about 27 of them were in, uh, in, in urban settings and in, in very, very uh, diverse settings uh, and environments. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think I gravitated toward that. I grew up in Orville, Ohio, and, and uh, you know, there was a measure of diversity there. Um, um, but, but, but those communities, uh, I, I think I fit them and they fit me. And, you know, what I wrote, uh, I observed. You know, we, we, you know, whether it was Canton or whether it was Warren, 
you know, we've got these kids scattered throughout these smaller cities. You know, it's not New York City or Chicago or Miami, but, but you know, they, they you know, in Canton there were 16 grade schools. There were four middle schools in the four quadrants of the city, and, you know, they worked their way through the school system, and at some point, you know, they, they, be, they became high school kids, and, and, uh, and we had to take these kids from these 16 grade schools, four middle schools, and, uh, and, and get them to, you know, to believe in each other and, and to give up of themselves, you know, for, for the betterment of the whole, uh, and to play together and to work together and to learn about each other, uh, and to cooperate and, and to handle problems, uh, you know, while trying to win football games at the same time. Um, and, and then I saw the very same thing happen in Warren. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it, 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 it seemed to me, uh, like we were able to do that, you know, you know, in that locker room and, and as part of that, that group. And it wasn't necessarily happening outside the group. You know, it wasn't necessarily happening on, on, on that scale in the larger community. Um, and, and uh, you know, it sort of makes me feel like, and I speak specifically to football, but I, I suppose it could happen in all other sports too. But, but, but it, it, it just seemed to me that, that, that's another one of those things that makes football unique. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I like you observe and pay attention to what's going on. And, you know, at some point, uh, you know, those thoughts occurred to me. So I thought, you know, I'm going to share them, um, um, just to get it out, <laughs> whether it, it appealed to anybody or struck a chord with anybody. Um, um, but I, 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 I also wanted to remind people that, that, you know, that kind of cooperation and that outcome is possible. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, you know, I wasn't the only guy, you know, that was part of that. that that's happening across our country. Um, and specifically, I think the, you know, the football locker room, the, the high school football teams, um, I think it happens there um, uh, more frequently maybe than it does in other settings. And I think that's, to me as a, a coach, what's encouraging uh, – about that is that outcome is possible we as you said see that happen across the country that people can find a, a way to make it work but there was something you said in there that really I think is is so important to what's going on is you said we learned about each other and you know I think that's one of the main things you need to grow in in any aspect as a person is you have to continuous be continuously be learning so in this case learning about each other um you know i i don't think it's anything of, of of finger pointing there's so many things that have happened up to this point in our history uh this is right now that opportunity to learn about each other we have to obviously um set some things aside we have to to, to get to the table together would be an important thing and i know there's a a lot of anger around this and those kinds of things, but ultimately people need to sit down and they need to learn about each other. <laughs> Maybe turn the TV off and quit learning about each other through the TV right. because it's not telling us the truth, but actually sit down with people and learn about each other. And, you know, there's, there's always going to be those differences. It's, it, it, it crosses racial lines too. There, there's all kinds of differences as you pointed out in, in that, you know, what I read in the beginning here. Um, but we have to, you know, be able to come to some of that common understanding that we're all here together to to make this place, to make Earth better, better than it was when we got here. 
right? Just like you do in a football program. You want to leave that program better than it was when you got there. Correct. And, and we do that simultaneously with the fact that we're running into each other and knocking each other down uh, and, and we're being physical uh, and, and we're playing an emotional game um, um, and, 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 and yet, you know, we, we, we managed to function and work together uh, in, in, in spite of being in an environment where it, it, you know, it could, it could, you know, could lead to some other kind of behavior, some other outcome. Um, so there's, there's a lot of restraint taking place, you know, while we're learning about each other and, and while we're, we're growing into what, what ultimately becomes a team. Um, um, something, something that, um, something that I, that I think that, that wasn't part of what I posted, but I, I, I believe this, um, and I was asked about it by a former student of mine who was doing a doctoral dissertation, and it was about athletics and politics, and she wanted to know how, how I fit those two things together as a coach, and, and I remember telling her that, that, you know, I, I, I didn't, you know, I, I was concerned about politics because I, I saw sports and I saw our locker room as an integrator, and yet politics is a separator. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so I, I didn't work real hard at balancing those two things. I worked real hard at the, at, at, at the you know, taking a bunch of kids and, 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 and helping them to you know, relate to each other and become a team. Uh, but, but I didn't necessarily want politics to be part of that, that process. And, and, uh, and I don't know whether that's right or wrong, um, but, but I know as a head coach, one of the things that we had to do is we had to, to, to manage distractions. And, and I knew that, that, that politics and, uh, you know, that could be a distraction. And so we wanted to eliminate that as much as I did. I wanted to eliminate as much of that as I could, you know, from, from our football experience, you know, w- without being ignorant that, that, that politics was happening, you know, all around us. But, uh, don't know if that connects. I, I think it does to what we're talking about. I know that sure. that's part of what I thought about, you know, when I wrote those things. Yes, and and you continued on, Coach, and you shared an article. Uh, you modified a little bit from Herb Childress in 1998, why high, why high school football works and society doesn't. And, uh, you know, we're just going to go through some of those points as uh, talking points for our conversation here. But, the first one being in football, teenagers are considered important contributors rather than passive recipients. Such an important thing, right? Everybody wants to be a contributor. And I think, you know, when, when you look at the issues around this, I think, uh, you know, there, there certainly has been. And uh, we see all the examples of people being marginalized for certain reasons, again, whether that's race or uh, gender or um, their views, their religion, etc. But a football team, uh, those young men, uh, young women in some cases, are, are considered important contributors. Absolutely. And, and uh, one of the things that I, I, I learned early you know, w- w- was to celebrate as many of, of, of those kids on, on the team as possible. You know, not just the guys that were being recruited, not just the guys were, that, that, that were, you know, that were, uh, you know, had reputations as good players, um, um, but but we tried to recognize and honor and celebrate, you know, every everybody who earned it and deserved it. 
you know, every week we had a, a an offensive scout team player of the week. We had a defensive scout team player of the week. You know, we, we had a JV uh, game player of the week, uh, you know, one on offense, one on defense. Um, um, you know, wh- where would a football team be without quality scout teams, show teams, whatever we want to call them, different terms, but, but it's all the same thing. Where would we be without those guys, you know, who, who, who maybe didn't get to play on game night or maybe didn't get to play unless, you know, we, we, we had a game, you know, in, in firm control. Uh, but, but they, they, we wanted them to feel worthy. We wanted them to feel significant. And, and so we never neglected them. And, and, uh, uh, and, I, and I think that the kids, you know, that were part of our program, I, I think that they appreciated that. That was meaningful to them, uh, and uh, uh, you know, so they they were they were absolutely important contributors. Even though you know they may not have logged an awful lot of playing time, uh, maybe because they were young, maybe because they they weren't as skilled, but but you know they certainly had a role, and, and it was an important one. Um, and uh, as many people as we we could be involved in that process, we involved in that process. Yeah, that's that's what I love about our sport. And you know, you get twenty two guys on the field, but you see double or 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 triple that you know on each sideline, and there's a lot of work that went into it. And there's there's those people who get to get out and lead and, and do that job, and the other guys who have to cheer them on. But ultimately, everybody is in it together. Everybody has pulled together. Everybody has contributed to that cause. That's correct. Um, one of the other things that I thought about, and again, this is, you know, when when you cut grass, you know, as an old guy at a golf course, you have plenty of time to think while you're blowing grass for five or six hours. Um, but but uh, um, I have plenty of time to think about this, and I think that that's where some of these ideas are sparked. Well, number two, in, in football, teenagers are encouraged to excel. There's no such thing as good enough, uh, really love that about football right I mean at at the end of the day even even times coach when we win uh, you know we're focusing on yeah that's good but what can we do to keep getting better yeah yeah I I was a terrible winner um um I I I, it's one of the regrets that I have and I don't have many but I don't know that I enjoyed and I celebrate celebrated the wins uh as as much as as I should have uh and I didn't necessarily let those around me enjoy them and celebrate them as, as much as, as they should have. Um, so, so I might've taken that to an extreme. Um, but, but the whole idea of, of about, you know, there being nothing, you know, as, as good enough, uh, it, you know, we, we talk about, you know, raising the bar and, 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 and getting better and, uh, you know, not being complacent, never being satisfied with an outcome. Um, and, and I think those lessons, you know, those are lessons that take place, you know, in, in another classroom. And it's, you know, full of kids wearing helmets and shoulder pads. And, and, and yet it's, 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 a, it's a classroom where, where they learn that maybe more so than any kind of, of, uh, of school subject classroom that they might participate in. Um, Herb Childress originally, when he wrote the article, it was called 17 Reasons Why Football is Better Than High School. And so he was comparing, he was embedded in a school for a year and he was an ethnographer and, 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 you know, that's a, a form of anthropology, but he studied individual human culture 
and 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 so he was in this school system and he wasn't expecting you know for a year to to you know at the end of the year to to have the outcomes and 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 to draw the conclusions that he did and he wasn't even a football guy he hated football but but he he recognized all of these things that, that that I listed and more he had 17 and I don't think I listed 17 of those but but uh they were all very positive outcomes uh, that, that kids had as, as part of, of being an athlete and, and, and a sport participant that they didn't necessarily uh, have as, as, as students in, in the classroom. So I just modified it slightly mm-hmm. because of the current you know, situation that, that we're dealing with you know, uh, uh, right now. And I, I, I gave him credit, obviously, for writing the article, but I, I did want to indicate that I modified it slightly because I think it fit that, too. Yeah, um, why, why football is. Yep, I I agree with you, coach. And we're going to continue on and, and hit some of these points that you shared. I think the, sure. the most poignant, and you know, the the next one. Um, in football, the unexpected happens all the time. Uh, you know, coaches are really good at at adjusting and, and teaching their players to adjust. It, it it is a game of adjustments. It's a game of the unexpected. Um, and it's, you know, before we got going, you know, we were, you and I were talking about how we kind of were, uh, you know, working through and having worked through, I think you and I talked at the beginning of, of the, the, you know, the, the shutdown because of the coronavirus and we were about ready to come out of that. And then all the, all of a sudden, you know, we were hit with, with, with another thing that's, um, you know, it's, it's uh, shaking the world a little bit here. And, you know, again, we're, we're all working to how do we adjust? How, how do we move forward? Cause it's not about, you know, quit. It's about, we got some work to do. I, I think that, you know, that that's one of the things that I respect so much about the game is, is that, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of moving parts and I think we got more people on the field at one time than, than maybe not every sport known to man, but, but, you know, certainly more than baseball, more than, than basketball, you know, more than soccer, uh, you, you add the officials to you know to that equation. So there's a lot of moving parts, and uh, and things don't always go as expected. Uh, I mean, you know, from snap to whistle, you know, mm-hmm. R11 and their 11, you know, this was the plan, you know, uh, you know, with the offensive call, and this was the the the, the you know the the was you know the the response you know that the defense hoped to make, but but we know that you know with all those moving parts, you know. The intention of the play didn't always look like it was supposed to, and, and uh, at some point, probably in the middle of, of the play, or at some point before the, the whistle, you know, there were a lot of changes, a lot of adjustments that had to take place, in uh, a lot of communication. You know, you know, both, you know, in the huddle when we huddle and at the line of scrimmage, uh, and certainly defensively, you know, there's a whole lot of that going on. But but we have to be able to handle the unexpected, uh, and and you know, the last couple of months is proof of that. Yeah, well, and, and and as you said, the, the communication is such an important part. I mean, to me, it's one of my my favorite parts of of the game. And you know, if you if you stand down on the sidelines, uh, you you hear it all. Uh, just you know, you think about this twenty twenty two guys communicating in about six seconds to make sure everybody is straight and doing the right thing. And you know, uh, right. uh, utmost importance to the game is is being able to communicate and. Um, it's certainly right now, I think, uh, an important thing for all of us to be able to capitalize on some of those skills. Um, you know, another point you have here, Coach, in football, emotions and human contact are expected. Players are supposed to talk to one another while things are going on. 
Um, that's exactly right. Um, the, the best, the best example of that, that I, that I ever ha- had experienced was, was the very first Patriot practice that I attended. You know, Josh was a younger coach, uh, you know, it was many years ago, but Bill allowed me to, to come to a practice. And, and, and w- when I walked away from the practice, it wasn't the size or the speed or the impact that blew me away. It was the volume and the amount of communication uh, on both sides of the ball, you know, from, from, you know, Tommy Brady getting the play from, from, from Josh and, you know, uh, you know, sharing it in the huddle and going to the line scrimmage. I mean, it, it, it was loud and it was never ending. I mean, right up until the snap of the ball, you know, Tommy's changing the play and then Teddy Bruschi's on the other side and he's, you know, reacting to, you know, whatever change Tommy might have made or if the guy went motion or they traded the tight end. No, I mean, tons of communication, you know, for six seconds worth of, of action. You know, somebody told me that that's how long the average play lasts. But it, it blew me away. Not the speed, not the impact, not the size. It was the volume and amount of communication that takes place. And, and our game requires that. Yeah, and, and you know, we've been – talking about that like right now that's probably one of the biggest things in and how we move forward together is is communication is going to be key you know we're like i said we can't be driven by what we see or hear um, through the filters of, of the media all the time that we have to actually communicate with people um you know our, our neighbors stepping out of our neighborhood you know the people in our community the people we work with um and trying to expand beyond that and you know, that's what's going to make this work in, in the long run. Um, another uh, point you made here, Coach, is that football is more than the sum of its parts. Players blend individual specific skills with their teammates, right? And that's we're looking at that not just, you know, the, the, the micro of football, the macro of how can we apply that to the bigger world that – um, you know, we get better and, and our country's great and we're able to do great things as, as a community, as a population, uh, because of the sum of our parts rather than, um, you know, everybody uh, just trying to have the exact same sk- skills or, or beliefs or all those things that it's, it's the blended parts that are going to make this nation stronger. Well, and, and, and that, that's the thought that I lost a minute ago, that, that you helped me remember it. Um, and, and this, I also think, is unique, unique to football. You, you know, in basketball, the five guys on the floor, um, they all dribble, they all pass, they all shoot, they all rebound, they all defend. They, they do the same things. In, in baseball, other than the pitcher, you know, everybody fields, uh, everybody bats, and I understand that outfielders, you know, have a, you know different responsibilities than maybe infielders. The catchers, are, uh, you know, are uniquely different, perhaps. But 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 for many of them, they do the same things. They all throw. They all they all catch. They all. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But but in football, that's in, that's not at all the way that it is. And somehow we make it work. I mean, you know what what old linemen are doing. You know when 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 my receivers and quarterbacks are, are working, you know, separately in, in in a group period, and 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 what running backs, and you know, and then we got the other side of the ball and special teams and so on and so forth. The the, the fact that that you know we 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 can have all of these different roles, 
all of them are important. All of them require uniquely you know, position-specific skills, but they don't mean anything unless we put all of the position groups together, all the individual players together, you know, to you know to try to develop and, and, and you know execute at a level where we've got a successful play. Um, but that's that that that's a more complicated uh, you know sport to coach. It's a more complicated sport to play, I think. Um, but it's also it also speaks to you know, the, the participants' ability to do that, you know, to function as an O-lineman, to function as a defensive back, uh, and, and how my role and my responsibility fits with all those other position guys, you know, in the huddle. Um, but it's what makes football special, another thing to me. Absolutely, and I think, you know, the, the whole theme of this, like we started with, Coach, is that uh, football provides a, a shining example of being able to bring all these, these different people together um, to function as one in, in what is a very difficult environment. You know, football's uh, a tough sport. You know, it's uh, uh, every sport has its different aspects of, of toughness. But, you know, football, you have to be both physically and mentally strong uh, and tough to be able to play the game. And I think, you know, when we talk about the coaching community and, and uh, the, the great programs out there, the great coaches out there, what they do in their communities is impactful in bringing people together and being an example of that. I think as, as I've looked at this, one thing that's really come to mind coach is that, you know, maybe we haven't done enough to uh, step outside of leading by example, you know, and I, I equate this back to coaching and thinking of certain players who I I've had on teams where, um, you know, they wanted to lean on what was, was comfortable for them, which was, uh, I'm, well, I'm a leader by example coach. I, I'm not really the guy to step up and, and talk and, you know, be vocal about things. And, um, you know, and, and that's okay. I mean, I think you learn a lot from those examples. But, you know, I think we have to find ways as coaches now to do what we've done, you know, in, in our, our small little environments and, and be able to extend that to our communities and to teach our young men that, it's your responsibility now when you leave this program um, to go out and take what you've learned and, and, and spread that to other people because you're going to come across all kinds of people who, who you go to school with, who you work with, who you live with, that um, you know that understanding of team uh, might not be something that they were brought up in, right? Not, not everybody played football. Not everybody had that experience, but, but those young men and women that we send out into the world understand that. So I, I think it's a time where we, we have to – maybe step out of our comfort zone a little bit and figure out, I don't know all the answers yet, coach, but figure out how can um, we step beyond by, well, this is a good example for our community and maybe do a little, little more work to educate people on how those things are done and, and bringing people together uh, outside of our programs. Well, the, the, the whole concept of team to me isn't, isn't as, as, as immediately understood, and, and we should not understand. We, 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 we should we we'd be mistaken if if a lot of our kids, uh, you know, uh, if, if we assume that they understood the concept of team B, because in the society that we live in today, you know, a lot of their homes are fractured. Mm-hmm. You know that you know it, it you know there's a there's a there's that little you know small little team in a family unit. Uh, you know, that, that I grew up in and, and, you know, people have forever, you know, but, but, 
you know, there's there's a large portion of our society where where that family unit isn't isn't the one that I experience, and 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 so, you know, getting kids to grasp that and understand that when they when they come from maybe an environment where, where you know, you know, it is fractured, you know, that's that's something that we have to address. That's something that we have to uh, repair. Uh, we have to teach and introduce. Um, um, another thought that I had when we were talking just a minute ago is. You know, we, we, we won a championship, and I remember at the banquet, you know, telling the, the, the players and the parents and the people that were in attendance in, in my closing remarks that, that I hope that winning, you know, the state and, and, and national championship wasn't the greatest thing that they did in their life. You know, I, 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 I urge them and, and hope that years from now, you know, they'd be, you know, as successful uh, you know, uh, as, as, as a parent, as successful as a husband, uh, as successful as, as a father, as successful a person in the community doing whatever job it is that they did. I, I you know, I hope that they went on to bigger and better things. And this, this wasn't the highlight of their life, though at the moment it was, um, you know, and, and, and so I think that's also one of those messages that, that, okay, we can achieve this, but let's not let this be the best thing that we ever did. You know, let's let's try to you know duplicate that kind of success in the other areas of our life. Absolutely. Well, Coach, uh, I think you've done a great job in being that example and um, you know raising some some great young men in your family as well as uh, some great mo- young men in your football programs. And uh, I think coaches out there are doing a great job. I I just want to uh, to be able to have some of these conversations to continue to encourage them. Um, to do great things in the world, to have their programs be examples, maybe find ways to uh, to expand that a little bit more. And I think that starts with right now, maybe listening and, and understanding. Uh, I know a lot of guys are feeling compelled to say something that they have to do that. And I, don't, I, I think there's been some great things said, but I think also you have to uh, process this and and uh, make sure that message isn't just a copy and paste, that it, it's something that is heartfelt and really hits home in your community and um, you know, lead in whatever way you can lead during this time. Yeah, that, that, that's a great point that you just made. And when we talk about communicating, I think sometimes we get stuck on on the speaking part of that and not the listening part of that. You know, some of us are way better at the speaking part than we are at the listening part. Um, and, and I think we got to get better at that listening part. You know, that's, that's half of communication. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm reminded of that. Josh says, that Bill Belichick is the best listener that he's ever known in his life. And, and, and who would know that about, about that man? I mean, he's a great coach, but, but, you know, people wouldn't understand that perhaps, but Josh is convinced that he's the best listener that he's ever been around. And we all got to work harder at that part of communication. That's a great point that you just made. Well, coach, I, I appreciate you spending time with me. And um, I know this is a, uh, like I said, a very challenging time for a lot of people out there. I hope, uh, there's something they can get from this message, uh, from from this discussion, and as always, uh, you know, to reach out on Twitter, interact there. I think it's a good way to get some conversations started. Coach McDaniel, uh, you can follow him. Uh, it's at Thomas underscore T M C D W G H, and of course, I'm at Coach K Grabowski. Coach, as always, good to talk with you and. Uh, I'm hoping the, the, the next opportunity we get to talk that, uh, you know, things are, are uh, headed in a positive direction and maybe we can focus on a little ball next time too. 
that that'd be great. But but today, if 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 what we did is generate some hope and some optimism for people, then then this has been a great conversation, uh, and and it's been time really well spent. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening today, and please, I encourage you to lead in your communities. And I think one great way to do that during this time, and to do something that helps take some action to uh, making things better in this world, better in our communities, is the Build the Bridge Challenge, which was put together by two coaches in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, and one in Beachwood, uh, Coach Kahari Hicks, Coach Max Stevens, Coach Damian Creel. Go back to yesterday's episode if you don't know about that, and please tune in and listen to what they're doing, uh, something very simple to bring people together. Again, it's the Build the Bridge Challenge. Check out all we're doing to advance the grow- and grow the game at FDM usafootball.com where you will learn more about our football development model and how it can help your youth football program in your community.